You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. May you please introduce yourself. Yes, uh, I am Ali Menzies. <clears throat> I'm the chairman of Skateboard Scotland. Uh, and I've been in that role for quite a number of years now. <clears throat> Over 15, I think, if I, if I calculate correctly. Uh, and I guess that's it. 15 years? Yeah, it might be longer than that. <clears throat> Certainly, I, I was involved in the very start when we first created the organisation to try and bring some sort of organisation to Scottish skateboarding. Uh, so I was the far part of the first board, but I wasn't actually the chairman at that point. Uh, and then the year after, the chairman left, and I kind of decided that it was worthy to pursue and keep alive. So I, uh, I did that and volunteered to be the chairman, and I've been the chairman ever since. Every year they seem to keep voting me back on, so uh, <laughs> we are where we are. So I, might, you... I might have to start as we become more governance compliant. There might be a requirement for me to sort of move into other roles and not be always the head, but I don't want to end up in a sort of set platter type scenario, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. so can I give some context? At how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, ancient. Uh, 46 last week. How old okay. I am. Well, happy birthday for then. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, okay, so you were like 31 when you started. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> I mean, I've been skateboarding since I was like a kid, obviously, like in the eight, 98 or something, I started skateboarding. So I've always right. been in and around skateboarding. And I guess what drove us to go, it kind of randomly just, you know, as, as time has gone on, there's always been a more and more sort of requirements from like, you know, once councils started building more skate parks and stuff like that, and we saw like, you know, bad products that were getting sold by like playground companies and stuff, that was, you know, one of the key reasons for me getting involved at the start was to make sure that money that was getting spent by government bodies on on skate facilities wasn't just getting wasted, <clears throat> which you saw a lot of in the sort of early 90s, so, mm. uh, or the 90s in general. Mm. So, you know, that, that was one of our key things to make sure that didn't happen anymore. Uh, so we wanted to create a body that could be eventually recognised by School of Scotland and is now. Uh, and, you know, so that if there's any sort of money getting spent like that, then it, it, a skater gets a look at it first before before it gets wasted, which is why we're here. A lot of well-meaning councils who are not very well-informed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we still see it nowadays, now and again, <clears throat> where a council's got some money to spend and they just, you know, contracts went in and do something but it's not as nearly as prevalent as it used to be thankfully because if they're going to support scotland for any funding at all we get we get questioned on it and we get consulted on the design and stuff so that means we've kind of got that kind of stop gap to make sure that the design's going to be good for skaters in, in scotland and, and there isn't you know money getting wasted mm. nice so did you so oh let's go straight into with a little bit of con so if you've got a vested interest in skate parks then uh, so let's go straight into the controversial question of should somebody polish and uh, seal a concrete skate park? <laughs> you do that in controversial questions, don't you? <laughs> uh, well, that is... Uh, I, I, so there's been a few attempts at that sort of stuff. I would say that if you can do it and do it right, then yes. But, like, we don't... There's not a massive evidence or, like, you know portfolio of these that have been done successfully there's been ones that have been like resurfaced properly like in London I think there's been a few down there that have been like proper done which look pretty decent the most recent what was it, uh, was it Brixton is it is that the one that's got the the sort of red the, the sort of red yeah one. that yeah, one yeah, 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 yeah. The bumps or again, that looks pretty amazing so that looks like it's been done well 
So I think if it's done properly, then yes. But the problem you've got is when you start messing around with old concrete and trying to rejuvenate it, it can go one or two ways. If you've got a, an expert who knows what they're doing, dealing with it probably could be quite good. But if it's if it's done wrong and it ends up you know, ruining what was there, then it's a bit of a concern. I guess Libby is a controversial topic here. And so there's various opinions on that, I would say. It, it is controversial, and I've just... I mean, without without wanting to fulfil too many cliches um, about like, or or make it appear that I'm fulfilling cliches, just because you're Scottish, so you must obviously know everything about Livy Skate Park. Um, that I mean, that's 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 no spring chicken. That skate park, is it? What sort of? No, it's no. one of the oldest mm. going. Uh, Nineteen eighty-one, was it? Can I remember? Eighty-one or something, or eighty-two? I think it got built. Wow, <laughs> like okay. just at the basically star of skateboarding dying mm. I think, in that era you know in terms of like vert tro- dropping off the space of the earth and you know street skateboarding kicking in it was kind of that sort of you know part of the world time so yeah it's been around for a long time I and mean, there's there's talk of trying to get it registered as a, a national monument or something i think i think that might have been applied for i'm not sure whether it's been achieved or not but certainly it's obviously you know it's still it's still got rad shapes and stuff to it it's just a bit rough around the edges. There's obviously that new bit they've added on, which is uh, some of the sort of wee street sections is being liked by the kids and stuff. But the the bull bit was a bit controversial at the time as well because it didn't quite turn out the way everyone hoped it did would. Right. It wasn't quite pipeline like it was meant to be, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, because that because it's got that really cool sort of like half pipe that gets bigger as it goes down, and then they could have really done with bowling out the end of that a little bit more. It's more sort of a flat bank, curvy flat bank, isn't it? I mean, that's the original. That no, that was the that was the first. That was that's the original design. That reservoir, that big right. sort of slalom run to the bottom, and that that's that was always there. That's always been there. And then there's the bowl, and the sort of you know the main the main sort of half pipe as well. That was the main original section. That was an extension in the nineties, which was the sort of bit uh, to the the cock and balls to the right or left, even if you're standing at the top, uh, which is which is still quite a funny extension with a couple of half pipes and a sort of was meant to be a fun box, but it turned into a sort of funny thing, but it's, it, it's still scalable and fun. Uh, and then there's obviously the newer extension, which is the controversialist one, I would say. Right. So did you, uh, again, just to give some, some history and some context to you, did you, did you ever work in the skateboard industry? No, <laughs> that's one thing I haven't done. Uh, I've always just, I don't know, I went where the money was when I was uh, leaving university uh, and I had a business degree, so I went to the biggest sector in Edinburgh, which is sort of financial services. So I've been working in there and I still do work in, in that sector uh, for my day job. I do all this other stuff from my sort of free time. So, yeah, I've never had the desire to, mainly because I know there's not that much money in skateboarding. It's, it's quite hard to make a good living in skateboarding. People can do it. If you're a Tony Hawk, you're living the dream. But if you're not, then uh, you know it's quite hard to you know, to make it in skateboarding unless you find your niche and do well. I was going to say you obviously quite enjoy being able to do things like pay a mortgage and drive a car and stay exactly. in a hotel and things like that when you go away. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I don't want to stay in hotels when I go away, but yeah, yeah. Very sensible, really, because I think there's. I think that's something that kind of needs to be addressed in some ways, and I wonder, I wonder about uh, the governing bodies 
um, sort of. I think we're getting closer to that, right? I think there are now jobs in skateboarding that could pay a decent enough wage in terms of obviously the organisational side of things. Like from a Scottish perspective, we've just sort of applied for funding for the first time as the governing body for, to get some a job for someone in skateboarding in Scotland. But <clears throat> even that, it's only going to be a part time job, and this is our first sort of foray into this kind of stuff. So it's not. You know, it's not it's not assured either, right? We're just ask, ask for funding, we might not get it. <clears throat> Obviously, if you're down, there's a the skateboard GB side of things is a much bigger piece of work, and obviously it involves a lot more organisation because we're dealing with Olympic committees and all that good stuff, and uh, sort of you know what's the word performance side of the sport, right? So they're they're dealing with all that, which is you know involves funding, gets money, and and there is now people getting paid a wage to, to deal with skateboarding, which is great because. You know, someone needs to do it. And we want to make sure that people that were doing it were the right people and not yeah. some a roller skate roller skating federation like you know. Like what so, really happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I think we're in a better state than we could have been, right? Because we did have the BRSF sort of scouting around trying to. If we hadn't created Skateboard England and Skateboard GB when we did, we would have had to deal with the British Roller Skate Federation. Uh, which thankfully we didn't because they decided to, well, the powers higher up globally created their own new brand, World Skate. So, you know, while I think, I don't know, we had other guys over there, the World Skateboard Federation, who were trying to do something similar, but and I had a few dealings with them before uh, the World Skate took over. Uh, but, you know, I think it, it's all much more much at the top, I think, in terms of who runs these things. It's all, it's more about ticking boxes and, you know, I oh. guess... I was also getting at the idea of uh, of of the reality of the situation. Like, I wonder at what point some of the governing bodies, in the nicest possible sense, have a sort of responsibility to say, "Do you know what? Working in skateboarding, it it may or may not be possible." And actually, you know, like maybe maybe we're doing more of a service to some of you youngsters to tell you, you know what, it just may not happen. It just may not happen. You might just have to think about what you could do as a normal job. Uh, yes, I think fun, anyone that's lifestyle. sensible who's going to professional skateboarding has got a backup plan. Because, like, like, you know, as I said, unless you, I mean, you don't have to become Tony Hawk. I guess there's guys a lot like well who are earning a decent enough wage, but you've got to be, you've got to be top, top, top five hundred in the yeah. world to be yeah. making a living off skateboarding, right? So that's a very small number of people, uh, the number of people that actually start skateboarding. So I think you should just skateboard for fun. That's why mm. it's there. And, uh, you know, if you want to compete, fine, crack on, enjoy yourself. That's fun too. But, like, you know, don't pin your hopes on making it a job unless um, you're very, very lucky or, like, you know, if that's really what you want. People can do it, right? Yeah. Persevere and you get good enough thing. You know, there's loads of stories of people making it from, you know, right down from nothing in Scotland and, you know, you get your, your John Rattray, I guess, if you're looking mm. from the Scottish side of things or, you know, Colin Kennedy. There's a few people that have made, made it out of Scottish skateboarding, but, like, and UK skateboarding too, but it's not a massive, well-paid future, I guess. I think we have a responsibility, in a way, to be to be honest. And yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that that skateboarding is so wonderful about that it's that it's entirely honest you know you can't you can't be that kid down the, well you could be but you'll soon get you'll soon become obvious if you're that youngster down the skate park going oh i can do this trick i can do that trick it's not it doesn't take much for somebody to go well go on then show us then yeah exactly in the days when people used to put like grind marks on their trucks and stuff like mm. that <laughs> yeah 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 it's, no, it's you you're it's, right 
there's a there's a real honesty to skateboarding which i think puts some people off because we live in this really fake world of just utter fakeness utter like perfect instagram accounts and perfect images and um all this sort of fakeness and there's something that happens when you get involved in skateboarding where you realize oh god damn i'm either gonna have to put some hard work in to make this happen or i'm gonna have to move on to the next easy thing to do yeah i'm not sure i've ever thought about that that much in depth but yeah i guess skateboarding is not easy right so Mm. I'm sure it's Bob, Bob Sanderson to quote um, a man who used to MC quite a lot back in the day you know skateboarding the hardest job in the world like you know it's certainly not <laughs> you're not gonna get what you put in it back no. in any way no. monetarily unless you luck out really really mm. well and find yourself a lot about being in the right place as well as, as well as being having the ability but that doesn't mean I mean and, and this all sounds like a bit of a downer but I'm, I'm with you that it doesn't mean that you can't go and have a whole shed load of fun you know, it doesn't oh, mean yeah. that you can't you can't go to an event or go and enter a competition or go to a jam or go to a board launch or a signing or a demo and go and have like the absolute time of your life. Yeah, exactly. It's it's there to be enjoyed. Then mm. skateboarding, I find myself driving around the country, doing all sorts of things and, <clears throat> and getting involved, running events and and stuff. And you know, it's it's great fun all that you know side of things, but. So you, know, you, you can take or leave it. You can still just skate a curb down your street if that's what you want to do, or you, you know, it's entirely to you. That's the great thing about skateboarding. I, I think I think that is a great thing, and I think that's something that. And it sounds like you guys have got a lot more experience of this because we all know that skateboard GP, you know, what what are they like into their maybe sixth year, sixth seventh year if we're lucky, and so it sounds like you guys with fifteen, sixteen years behind you. Do you do you are you conscious of that sort of balance that you have to strike between yes we're a, a sort of governing body and yes we want to get involved in some of the quote unquote official sides of skateboarding but we're also representing this very like you say this this very raw activity which if you really want to you don't have to know anyone's name you don't have to know about any pros or any or any competitions or any events or even the fact that skateboard Scotland exists. You can just be out on a board, on a curb, mucking about, having a good time. Yeah, that's one of the best things about it. I think when we first started Skateboard Scotland, <clears throat> we did get a lot of jibes about, you know, what the hell are you doing? Who are you to just, you know, all this sort of shit, which is, you know, fair enough. You kind of take those sort of things and you've not got any sort of history behind your evidence to back up what you're doing. <clears throat> and at the time, probably, you know, there probably wasn't a need to have a governing body at that point because nothing really was getting done. But I think as we've gone on and the skateboarding has grown during that time pretty exponentially as well. So mm. we've been building up sort of grassroots events throughout that time. And there's always been, you know, the grassroots events like Libby Skate Jam and, you know, other things like that. Perth and Dundee and a few of these other parks that have, like, as long as they've been in existence, have always done some kind of annual jam, right? So there's always that sort of grassroots skateboarding. We always kind of supported that. And, you know, we've gone our way to attend those events, bring prizes and, you know, make sure that those events are great. Uh, as well as running our own events, like when we first went to the War of the Roses events in in, in England back in the day when they were running, I can't remember the exact dates, 2000s or something like that, maybe. Mm, I you know, we were, those, yeah. yeah, so that, that kind of encouraged us to create our own, you know, War of the Thistles event, and, and we've been running that ever since, every year, apart from COVID when we got, and some sort of, I think we got maybe bummed out two years, but certainly it's been ongoing ever since it started. So these are the sort of events that, you know, people... A fun event where you know people can win some money, 
have a good time, see some grad skateboarding, and that's kind of the events that we like. But we also run a bit more official ones where we do, you know, like the Scottish champs, where we have like the you know the top guys that win in the street comp and win in the park. I'll try and drive them down to the UK events so that we can have a Scottish representative in the in the UK events as well, and that's been quite successful in the last couple of years as well. So. Mm. Yeah, I think that's... So a bit of both, not just grassroots, but like performance stuff too, right? But it's, yeah. It's, yeah, but still keeping it fun. I think that's, again, we're sort of hitting that, that key word of balance, aren't we? Where like, you, you could turn up, you could turn up to a jam uh, and get amongst it, or you could be like, really trying to make sure, yeah, I want to I wanna win, I want to win the national championships and I want to go and, and skate in the UK championships and be a representative and let people know, yeah, I'm here. This is what I'm doing. This is this is what I'm getting involved in. Yeah, totally. Mm. It's pretty. I mean, it's good that there's opportunities there for people there now. Because I guess a few years ago, you you'd be hard pressed to, unless you picked up a good sponsor that was going to pay your way to get to bigger events. You'd mm. Never. There'd be very few and far between people that were making it across to the European events or you know global events or whatever. But I think while maybe our GB representatives aren't from this country or weren't last time around, <clears throat> you know. We should see that gradually get to a point where we have got some UK contenders in the Olympics. So it's obviously quite a quite a small number of competitors last time. Well, hopefully, it'll be a bit more next time and allow a few more entries to get there. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one because, of course, I mean you understand this, and I'm not trying to patronise you or teach Granny to sack eggs in any particular way. But you know as well as I do that. We've, we've got to qualify through like we yeah. can we can have a massive pool of skateboarders all we like but if they don't if nobody qualifies through the events like in rio de janeiro and so on and so forth that are happening then then very unfortunately we just won't get a representative team out there because yeah, yeah. And, e- and even then isn't it is it isn't it like a maximum of three per is it three yeah, per it's continental, or? isn't it? So you, if three you're, you'd be yeah. more likely to get in it if you're from the African continent, for instance. If the competition is not as good as it is in Europe, so Europe's quite a tough nut, I would yeah. say. And America's obviously they always get the full contingent out of there, and there's you know that's pretty tough competition for those positions too. I guess mm. that's why some of the American athletes who have other allegiances historically, or you know maybe their mum and dad are British or whatever, or dad are from wherever else, they maybe decide to compete for the other country on the basis on their going back to their roots because they're more likely to be able to compete as well if they're yes. not under Get the American through. banner, right? Yeah. So, so. Yeah. so with, with things like those um, grassroots events that you're getting involved in, you were saying you've got, have you got a nice full calendar of, of things going on up and down Scotland? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the usual like sort of skate park events sort of happen themselves. Like we don't really have to involve the, the organize them anymore. They, they just always have happened, and, and probably had some of them we've never really got involved with at all. Like we don't really get involved with Libby. That just does itself, and along with the other ones, and it's more about a turn up and jam. And I think some of these events, you know, they're not as big as they used to be because of like sort of bureaucracy, councils and stuff. You can't just in theory rock up and do an event like a skateboard event at a skate park right. without doing it officially through the council so we don't really run any outdoor events like that anymore because we can't unless a council asks us to come on and do it or we have to go through some sort of process where we borrow the skate park off the council for a while and pay some insurance and all this sort of stuff and then it'll rain 
So it's, like, yeah. it's, it's one of them ones where we just <laughs> don't really bother doing those events unless. So we leave that sort of stuff up to the grassroots communities. If they do it themselves and have a good time and, you know, chuck a PA up and have a good day, then, you know, like Dundee, Perth, all these sort of things, they don't, have, I don't think they ever, no one can tax the council and organise any of this stuff. It just happens, right? So yeah. they can't, no one can stop people just turning up at a skate park and having a good time, right? That's what they're for. So I don't think that councils have really got a leg to stand on in terms of someone doing something like that unless it's causing noise or problems or whatever, like, you know, so... It's just the problem is insurance. If someone hurts themselves and decides to claim against you, then you're, you're in a bad place. So we don't really run any of those events anymore due to our position. Right. But do you, are you working with some of the indoor skate parks? Or are you... Yeah, so we do, we do a lot. That's, that's generally where we run events now, right? Because they've already got first aid, insurance, you know, everything's there you need. You don't need to go off and you can just turn up and away you go, plug in and play, right? You're, you're yeah. good to go in these places, which is great. Uh, and we've worked closely with Loading Bay. We've done quite a few events there in Glasgow because it's a very, very good people that work there, and they're quite helpful organising event. Uh, they work with us as well. It's not just all down to us. So, uh, but we do obviously more of this is we usually do it over two locations and uh, over the two days, and that's happening again in May this year. So, if you're down in England, you want to come up and try and win some money. That's where you want to be in May time, first weekend, bank holiday weekend. Get yourselves up. And leave some cash to everyone. Nice, nice. And and you were talking about and and we we've, we've both talked about this 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 balance between the, the sort of grassroots and the performance side of it. Yeah. Uh, 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 and did you did you are you are you getting into the sort of performance athlete side of it at all? Well, yes, because we we feed into GB right, so <clears throat> we've got one of our representatives. Uh, Hamish from Knight, who's he's actually the coach of the you know the GB snowboard team, so right. he's pretty in it in terms of he's he's seen he's actually been through this whole process of taking a sport to the Olympics. Right, he's been there from the very start of uh, coaching uh, UK athletes to you know to to perform at the Olympics. Right, so he knows all about it. So he's and he's been a skateboarder. I've been skateboarding with him since you know we were kids at Bristol Square back in the day. So he, he knows the stuff skateboarding wise, and he's obviously great. A great resource in terms of Olympic knowledge, so yeah, that's why he's part of our board, and that's why he's the guy that's on the GB board helping us to get you know get our views heard. And so, any decisions that are happening on the GB board, we have a Scottish representative on there uh, assisting. So you know, he's our performance guy, and uh, I think we 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 are do feed into all those sort of like pathway stuff as well. So like I've done the what's it called the teaching kids to skate course that's been set up by skateboard gb ruling something what's it called yeah, i can't remember but i've got the qualifications so you know that we've also paid for a couple of people to to do the sort of coaching course as well uh, in scotland so that we can have coaches coaching other coaches and to increase the number of coaches in you know in skateboarding while not everyone wants a coach you know i'd certainly believe that you're better like learning off your mates and pushing yourself forward that way but i think there is a demand for coaches and we can always get kids, mums and dads asking, yeah. you know, can we get a coach? So I think demand's there and someone needs to su- sort of supply it. So we've been sort of pushing to make sure that people have that training to be able to do it properly and make sure it's done right. So, you know, while not everyone wants to be coached as a skateboarder, I think you'll, you'll all be in a position where you've wanted to learn a trick and someone helps you beside you who knows how to do it. You know, that's exactly the same thing right but you're yeah. just paying someone who knows they're talking about it too and some people are better than others like some people know 
so, you know how to do how to tweak something to make it work and realize others won't have a clue they'll just know a, they can do the trick you know so it's it's it does take a bit of like a certain ability to be a coach it's not as simple as just being no. able to skate no it's really not no it's really <laughs> yeah, not totally. it's 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 yeah i spent i spent enough years coaching uh and it's it's very rarely it, it's it's well it's very it's not always to do with the technique it's to do with how you actually do the coaching it's to do with with understanding the learner and, and understanding what you can do to help them as well as yeah. as well as technique technique's got a small part in it but um yeah it's it's a lot more to do with understanding yourself understanding the learner understanding how they can understand something and then helping them understand it and helping them grow and develop and and helping them grow in such a way that they can continue teaching themselves so they're not dependent on you but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get into that another time you're listening to the skateboarding show yeah i'm also i'm also thinking like so that so that's great that you do that i mean do you have people do you have people in mind at the moment where you're thinking my gosh if this if this young person keeps going the way they're going then I think we could be looking at some serious Scottish representation. Too. I think the, the female side is definitely looking uh, pretty decent in terms of like we've got a few younger girls that are like coming up through the ranks, and obviously that's where there's a bit more opportunity globally to do well mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, uh, purely because there's not as many girls skating as there is guys, right? So. And the history isn't there as much as I don't, not. I'm glad to say it's not. There always has been women skateboarders. Let me correct myself there. But you know, in terms of the sort of quantity of people skateboarding now, the women population's gone through the roof, which is glad to see. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think that's the area where you know, obviously, we see success in Team GP in the Olympics because we've, you know, there's not as many women competitors so there's a bit more opportunity to try and the levels are kind of a bit more similar globally as well in terms of standards obviously are you know it's maybe not strictly true but it's still like in terms of like when you look at like the japanese americans and brazilians you know there's obviously a crazy level of skateboarding and then there's you know the rest of the world sort of thing so yeah i think it's a bit more level playing field in the female side of things which makes it a bit easier for people to come up We've certainly seen a few Scottish girls that have been going to the UK champs and making it to the cross to the champs in uh, Rome and stuff. So it's been good to see that sort of success on the female side of things. That's great to hear. That's great to hear that you've and, and you know those girls and you and are you working with them or are you just, well, are you just aware of them? Or I mean, they're they're pretty much pushing themselves, right? They're all. Uh, working towards and they've worked, they're working with Skateboard GB as well I guess because they got out to the events and stuff like that so um, I took down Marianne down to the UK champs I think the other girls were taken down by their, their folks and stuff but certainly like you know we'll help where we can uh, but generally they're they're quite sort of pushing themselves forward anyway right nice nice and how is the how's the industry side of things up there at the moment uh, in terms of like, how are you finding things like shops? How 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 are they? Are you aware of the sort of industry side of it? Do you guys keep a, an awareness? Of uh, well, we do chat to we know a few skateboard shop owners and stuff. So and we obviously chat with them and we're like tapping up for sponsorship and whatever else. And uh, some of them are sort of closer friends than others, and some of them are Jamie players on our board, for instance. So we catch up with them too. I mean, obviously the business has gone up. Uh, I think lockdown brought a few people back to skateboarding and. 
the female the rise of the female skateboarder has also brought that up as well. Mm. Uh, I would say that the other problems are now like sort of like Brexit and stuff costing a bloody fortune. So I think that some of the, <clears throat> you know, I think while there's a much bigger increased skateboard population, I guess is is how much money have they got to spend on skate stuff and can they afford all the expensive stuff that's had to be imported and dealt with all the extra hassle and getting it across here. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how well it's doing. I think it's better than it was a few years ago, but it's probably, you know, not amazing still. But could be worse, I guess. And what and in terms of like brands, what what brands do you have up there at the moment and how are they doing? Well, there isn't a massive like skate brands. I would say there's a there's a couple of guys that like you know get boards printed and do, do a few things like that. Uh, but you know, it's not. I wouldn't say it's like massive. Not like, like what a third foot was down there producing boards and all that sort of stuff. There isn't really an industry like that. I mean, I'm sure there probably is some guys doing stuff, people making stuff out of like old boards and stuff. Like that, a bit of an industry on that side of things used to be doing quite well. But yeah. And there's a few little companies that I can think of that are doing their own thing, but they're not like massive companies or anything. It's quite very small the industry in Scotland in that respect. Right. Okay. And and again, that's a reflection of that sort of uh, DIY general skate ethos, whether it be yeah. San Diego, Scotland, or or wherever it may be. Like people just getting on with doing stuff themselves because yeah, know, they just feel like because they want to, right? Yeah. 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 There's there's like little little brands out there but they're they're not like selling boards to England as, as far as I know if there are it's pretty small quantities nice nice well it's nice to know that people are are still doing stuff because like yeah like we say it's important it's important to to remember that that skateboarding doesn't just exist out of a few companies in California you know skateboarding <sighs> does exist uh, in in all its different elements all over the world and that there are people putting graphics on boards and hooking them off to their mates and making t-shirts and trying to put jams on and trying to put yeah. events on and whether those events be uh, strictly legal and legit or not, you know, yeah. like, like you say, it could just be the word gets around, make sure everyone gets down to the skate park this Sunday, we're going to have a few barbecues and we're going to yeah, exactly. link up an illegal PA system and just have a bloody good time and get on with it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Sometimes those are the best ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's okay. So I just briefly want to. You mentioned what was uh, an historic street spot at one point, Bristow Square. Yes. I am very yes. lucky that very, very, very briefly as a youngster, because uh, I, I've got. I'm very lucky to have some Scottish relatives who, funnily uh. enough, live in Dunfermline. Uh, nice. So I used to go up there sometimes, and one time I went up there and took myself off to uh, Edinburgh and found Bristow Square and had a bit of a sesh. Uh, sometime in the nineties, is that is that how is that scene? How is that scene? Well, it's sort of it's still there, but it's it's totally different now. It's not the scene it was, right? So when it was when I was skateboarding Bristow Square in the nineties, it was it was an amazing spot and. I guess it was the time when, like, you know, EMB and SF was, like, the, the big thing and street skating was massive with no one was really skating. Like, you know, when we go to Liberty, for instance, then you'd go now and again for a laugh or whatever, but your wheels are so small that skating, it wasn't that much fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was you know, I had an amazing time growing up. I pretty, pretty much grew up there, you know, like, you'd go there in the morning, you'd skate there till night, you know, <laughs> be there all day if it was dry. 
And if not, you'd be skulking around hoping for it to dry up. So it was just a rad spot with loads of nice blocks. But now it's it's not what it was in terms of the scene and also the there's not as much to skate there as used to be. There, there's a whole bunch of kids that still skate there and there's a few ledges that are skatable and you know there's still sessions and that stuff happening. The local shop Paiute they organise like a sort of annual jam as well. Uh, so there's still stuff happening. It's just not as good a spot as it used to be. There's the old monuments like being moved to a different side of the square and it's it's still skatable just but it's a bit lower than it used to be so it's not maybe not quite as much fun. Uh, and but it's it's still there. It's still you know part of the scene. People still go and skate street over square. But there's obviously like other things to skate now. Like you know you've got like soft and skate park, Portobello skate park. There's a hoop, and then obviously it's not far away to other places too. So I think since the bigger skate parks got built, it's been a bit of a less of a scene in the in the, the city centre in Bristol Square. But it's a shame because it was an amazing era and you know great spot. Is what it is. Eventually, these things get redeveloped. Yeah, yeah, and and like you say, skate skateboarding did go through a bit of a change. I mean that that whole late nineties, early two thousands explosion, yeah. which we weren't really quite expecting either. You know, like um, no, it was good times. Easy yeah. to get money for sponsorship for events back then. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wanted a piece of it, didn't they? Yeah. Everybody wanted yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's, it's sort of heading back that way. I think Olympics has sort of helped do that, but <clears throat> I think still companies are kind of fairly tight with the money with pandemic and whatever else. So it's, mm. it's maybe not quite what it was in the 2000s, but I think it's, it's, it's a bit easier than it was a few years ago. So progress. Yeah. And is it still the big major cities that, are, that have got the big scenes? Uh, yeah, I would say that generally the places with skate parks are probably where most of the scenes happen nowadays there's not as many like grassroots or street spots anymore maybe a few places here in Dundee's got a few like mean plazas and whatever else but yeah there's and Glasgow's got quite a big street scene as well actually maybe slightly undersell myself here but the scenes generally you know congregate around the skate parks I would say that's usually where all events happen and stuff like that because those facilities are there and obviously can be more fun than trying to arrange an event at a street spot which might have other people involved pedestrians wherever else people yeah. sit on blocks you know it's kind of I think the sort of core scene does end up being around the skate parks unless you're in a town where you ain't got no skate park right and then you're dealing with whatever spots you've got but it's, that's just the way it's always been mm. so we're in January um, yes what's, what's your calendar looking like for this year in terms of for events, events? Uh, we've yeah. I'm just about to try and sort of help some sponsors pretty soon. So if you're out there, you might get an email in your inbox soon. Uh, Alright, so we've we've got the, we're going to do the Scottish Championships uh, in March, with right. the winners getting taken down to the UK Champs in April. So that's a kind of that sort of progression thing. Yeah. Uh, there is actually a girls comp pretty soon in Edinburgh. I think we're not actually involved organising ourselves, but we're going to be there to assist. I think on the day. Yeah, I think it's going to be at the Transgression Park in Edinburgh. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's going to be a Sunday, but I'm not sure which Sunday it is. I don't think it's a Sunday, but it's probably going to be pretty soon. So that's something that's coming up. And then obviously War and Thistles in May that I mentioned earlier on. So that's the kind of the big ones. Uh, and then there'll probably be other things later on in the year as well, depending on what happens. And we're also going to be running one of the Survival of the Sickest legs as well. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a yes. young young kids comp so yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to do one of them for Skateboard GB and I think that's going to be June 
So that's about as far ahead as I can possibly plan my skateboarding. So yeah, yeah, you don't really do nothing more than about six months. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I mean that's that's well and truly organised as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And sort of more bigger picture stuff, like if that's although I know you've said you don't want to organise anything more than six months. So it's not so much detailed organization but what, what do you see happening with skateboard scotland over the next sort of five year, five ten years do you uh, have do you, do you have a game plan for that far or? we have got a five-year strategy document right which i could bore you with if you wanted to see it but uh no it's it's i mean we're obviously trying to push the sport in the same way as gbr right we're, we're looking to try and get people you know, as I mentioned, coaches, you know, people. So there is a pathway for people that want to become the next athlete and become in the Olympics. You know, that the opportunities are there now. Uh, it's just like you've got to make it happen yourself, right? It's not going to just be handed to you in a plate. No. We, and we certainly, you know, will help people and push people if they're, they need that. Uh, but oh, where was I going with that? Train of thought there. Uh, the five-year yeah, strategy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of things. We've also applied for funding for the first time, uh, which we may or may not get. We don't, and that's to, to get uh, an employee uh, and hopefully two days a week in terms of just like doing the organisational stuff that we we sort of get bogged down on because we're all volunteers in the board. So we're all just, you know, people sort of guddling in and getting stuff done right so we've got sam will help with instagram and, and the facebook pages and there's all this sort of thursday post thursday session posts and all that sort of stuff and then rick runs the website and you know we've got like all these guys putting and answering emails and you know queries from councils and whatever else and then also above that like actually going to like meetings about skate parks and, and you know helping them get built right there, and that's something that we do as well and we've got we've got representatives all over the country so we've got you know folk up in, in Inverness we've got folk in Aberdeen we've got folk up further north Bankery and, and so we've got someone in pretty much all parts of the country so if we've got someone that needs one a person that knows about skateboarding to attend a meeting about a skate park then we can usually find someone to go along to the meeting and, and hopefully make it worthwhile for the sort of community group that's trying to get that skateboard but I mean, usually most of the stuff we do is like online helping people with like emails and you know questions they've got and we have got a sort of how to get a skate park uh built document that we worked on with sports scotland so that's out there too if people are looking to try and you know get funding for a skate park or just want to get want to get one built in their town there's there's a document out there that will help you you know point you in the right direction refunding and how to apply for grants and all that sort of stuff so that, that that's something we've done as well over the years so we're always changing, doing new stuff, and, and, and I guess trying to develop the sport. But the key thing right now is like the pathway, and obviously with Olympics and that, we're, we're trying to do a bit more on that side of things and and do more of these sort of events for younger kids to try and get them out there and seen. And so we classic knows we know who their sort of up-and-comers are as well when we do run these sort of events too. It helps GP too in terms of having an awareness of who the young kids are that are going to be the next rippers. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's and and that's always an interesting phase as well because it's it's an interesting phenomena identifying young people because because you never know whether they're going to stick at it and or not and you never know whether that little bit of extra pressure like oh yeah you're you're going to be the next big guy whether or yeah. not that's going to push them or 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 push them over. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah. You get two different type of people, don't you? There's yeah. people that want that and those people like 
really shy away from that. And yeah. There's been great examples of like kids that are amazing and sponsored, and then just like sort of fade away because they, I guess, just don't really care about that sort of yeah. stuff. So, yeah. like, I remember Brian Jones. He was like one of the big skaters, like one of my mates from back in the day, Bristol Square. He was like sponsored by Globe and sponsored by those other companies, and just like just rather be doing DJing and sound engineering and not just skiing for fun. So like you know, he just sort of sacked it all off. But yeah. so there's you know there's plenty of examples of people that are you know they are aware that a day job's going to pay their wages and skateboarding isn't. So you've got to just, you know, get on with it and do what you need to do. Yes. Yes. And so we cycle back round to where we started, which is the, the beauty of skateboarding being both, uh, immensely satisfying, but, uh, <laughs> but not very, not very financially rewarding. Yeah. I think, it'll, I think it will definitely get, better that side of thing I'll be one of that's I don't know whether that is better though. Like, you know, to me the mm. one of the best things of skateboarding is you're not doing it for the money. Like you know, I think the worry is that, you know, you get to work like you know, professional football and whatever else, you know, these other professional sports where it's like people get paid so much money that it's just like it gets almost like obscene and you're just like crazy. Like, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's ever gonna get like that, but I guess it would be nicer if it was like a bit fairer in terms of like, you know, if someone was a great skater and could, you know, make a living without having to like have two other jobs to help them along the way you know so I think there's a sort of happy medium I'm not sure if we'll get there but it'd be nice to think we could it would be nice it would be very nice mm. yeah because yeah, I'd like to see people to be able to skate and get paid a wage to skate if that's you know if they're skating well enough and doing the right things for their sponsors because right now they're just getting like free stuff mostly for people and they're not you know it's not paying their way well, it, so it, they end up yeah yeah, like you say, there's a balance and there's a there's a medium point and there's a there's also a point to that, which is that the those people who then get a fair wage would be able to go and do the demos and the signing and they'll be able to stoke out the next generation of kids that are like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that guy skate my local park and he killed it when that team came through. Like because yeah. 'cause you're right, if you're working a full time job or even two jobs and you have to, and you try and explain in the summer to your boss, like I need three weeks off to go and yeah. to go and, to go and like jump in a minivan and drive around England for three weeks, like. Uh, and and I know. Yeah, I've you need to work had, on a skate shop yeah. to get away with that. Yeah, yeah, it's just not gonna. Yeah, and you either need to keep paying me for those three weeks or allow me those three weeks unpaid. It's a, it's a hard gig to to pull off. Yeah. Exactly, man. It's uh, that's the bit that kind of, I guess stops people doing it yeah really. right well yeah i mean you've got a you've you know like more power to your elbow ali because it, it sounds like you're you, you know you're fighting the good fight you're you're trying to i really like the idea that you're trying to strike that balance between hey you know this is something you can do on a curb outside your house or you can come and attend the scottish nationals and if you do well we'll we'll try and do our best with whatever resources we have to get you down to the to the UK nationals and get you get you represented and get you out there. Yeah, I mean, that's what we always try to do. You know, we're, we're certainly not. I think when we said this when we first started, it was very much like, "What the hell are you doing? What are you up to?" I think we've now developed a rapport that, like, skate scene in Scotland definitely respects what we do and, and you know appreciates all the events that happen. And maybe they don't care so much about the sort of bureaucracy that we deal with in the background because they don't really see it straight up. And I think that's. You know, we probably don't do a very good job broadcasting all this crap stuff we do about skateboarding that helps, you know, 
keep it going the way it's going, you know, making sure that bad parts aren't funded and money isn't wasted and things like that. Yeah. That's the sort of stuff that we, we don't broadcast because, you know, we're just getting on, but we don't have time to talk about what we've, what we've done. When we've, you know, as long as the end result is a decent skate park and, a, and somewhere that we've helped, and it may take some time, but when it's there, it will be well used, I'm sure. I think also just briefly, like, you know, 15 years is enough time for either the 15-year-old kids that were moaning, like, who are you, what are you doing, to, to sort of to grow. I don't want to say grow up, but just to grow and to go, okay, maybe there is a point to you. So, okay, more power. Okay, you keep going then. You keep, thank you. Thank you, Ali. And the, and yeah, 15... and, I, and I get that from people uh, right. when I'm talking to them. So you, you, you still get the odd person that's like, what's this shit? Or right. skateboarding. I don't want to get involved in that. And like, you know what I mean? So there's still people that hate on events in general or yeah. actual competitions where you have to get scored and things like that. You know, so, <laughs> like, not everyone's into it. It's fine, but you don't have yeah. to be into it. You don't even have to be here. You can go somewhere else. You know, it's not... It's just... We just want to make sure that everyone's got the, the opportunity to do what they want to do, right? If they want to compete, they can compete. If yeah. they don't, then that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, you're, you're making sure good quality... Which is really important because you know, I did, that always used to annoy me when I was younger about like I bet the footballers never had to campaign to get a football pitch. Like, why are we here doing this, trying to get a skate park? Because it's really yeah. But, yeah, uh, I think there'll come a time when that we needed, but I think it'll be a, a wee while away now. Yeah. I think like yeah, it's, it's still not there yet. We do still. I think there's more councils that are like getting off their arse and working out they need to do create a facility themselves but sometimes that ends up with the wrong facility getting built unless they speak to the right people but yeah yeah it's it, it's definitely in a better place than it was when i first started skateboarding and there was like one skate park in scotland and you know <laughs> just lucky we had bristol square it would have been really terrible mm. Mm. well ali thank you very much for your time where can people find out about you mentioned an Instagram and a Facebook page and all that so give yeah we, a... we've, we, we've got skate, we've got uh, Twitter I'm pretty sure we've got all of the all of the ModCon uh, social media outlets are available on Skateboard Scotland and we also have our website skateboardscotland.com that you can go and uh, peruse at your leisure we've got the actual the, the skate park directory on there which is if you're ever coming to Scotland if you want to find a skate park in Scotland you can hover about on the map find your way to all the rad spots in Scotland so that's something that we've built over the years as well which we've had lots of good feedback on so I'd recommend that if you're coming on your holidays when you're on your way up to the World of Thistles in May you can scout out some new parks nice nice gonna expand your horizons a little bit exactly uh, yeah well Ali thank you very much for your time I really appreciate it man it's been really informative no worries man you're welcome Say goodbye, Ali. All right. Cheers, guys. Catch you later. Bye. You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. You dumb spreads. You dumb spreads. You dumb spreads. You dumb spreads.